2: LHS is a podcast about Linux, open source, and amateur radio for everyone. Now here are your hosts, Russ K5TUX, Cheryl, W5MOO, and Bill, NE4RD.
1: Well, hello everybody and welcome. You have tuned in to episode number 369 69 <laughs> of the most terrific amateur radio podcast on the internet. <laughs> <laughs>
3: um
1: this is linux in the ham shack and this is our hedonism episode the weekender thanks for tuning in i'm russ
3: k5 tux
4: i'm cheryl w5 mol and i'm bill any 4rd
1: and do we have a fourth voice
3: oh yeah that other guy is in here too uh, y'all, yeah. did, did, did y'all miss me uh hello everybody richard kb5 jbv
1: yes richard kb5 jbv from back in the early days of linux in the ham shack when the weekender was not a thing so that's true so we're going to see how richard handles the weekender especially when we get down towards the end i I don't know (laughs) if he's uh he's been joining in the party that we're all joined in (laughs) but um i guess we'll find out when we get there In the meantime, we should probably do the things we normally do here for the Weekender, and we'll start in this weekend in amateur radio, and this will be for the next two weekends in amateur radio. And the first thing we mention are contests that are upcoming, and Bill usually handles these, so let's not change plans
4: tonight. Yeah, so uh, this uh, this weekend we have the big one. We have the CQ Worldwide DX contest. This is the Riddy edition. It runs from September 26 0000 Zulu to September 27 2359 Zulu. Bands are 80 meters through 10 no work. And let's see what it is. Held each year on the last full weekend of September, this contest draws over 15,000 participants. And over thirty three hundred log submittals from around the world. Identical rules are used for both the RIDI and CW and single sideband contests, with a few key differences. There is no 160 meters operation here. Yep, no no one point eight megahertz operation. Eight band changes per clock hour are allowed rather than the ten minute rule. And then a different country contacts within any continent, not just North America, get two points. So that's kind of cool too. Same country contacts get one point, third multiplier for QSOs with US and uh, Canadian stations. So there you go. That'll be the fun one for this weekend. And if you're interested in the state QSO party challenges, this one is. Main this weekend, so uh, get on your uh, state QSO party challenge and work the main state QSO party. Next weekend we have a oh, we have a full calendar. Next weekend, wow, we have the uh, we have the portable operations challenge, and that runs from October third zero Zulu to October fourth twenty three fifty nine Zulu. Bands there are eighty meters through ten meters. No work modes are CW, phone, and digital. And what is it? <coughs> Yeah, Sorry, I, I was getting the hiccups <laughs> in Utah. I got
3: <laughs> choked on my
4: drink. So
3: I, I, say, I say, I say, somebody swallowed the bug. <laughs> yeah.
4: So yeah, this is the uh, the Fox Mike Hotel uh, portable operations challenge is designed to optimize equal operating conditions for portable operating during a contest involving non-portable stations. The scoring allows and encourages regular home-based station operations to take part while offering a handicap style scoring algorithm to be more equalized for portable stations. A number of factors go into the challenge to make contacts in an amateur radio contest. These include RF power, mode of transmission and how far away the potential contact is and whether the operator is in a location away from the optimized shack at a hams usual qth wow this is terrible copy <laughs> and it's cut and paste copy. I yeah wow
2: <laughs> so yeah can, this
4: is uh frank's, this is right? frank's thing so yeah, yeah you can you know
1: who to complain to
4: <laughs> yeah frank house thing so yeah basically all that says without all those words is uh the less power you run the more points you can get and if you are not working from your normal station antennas and station you can get more points too. So, this really uh, gives you a lot more points uh, gaining opportunities if you are truly portable in this. Hey, guess what? Portable Operations Challenge. So, uh, go check that out uh, this and uh, in, in, in a week, wait, I guess a week away, next week, right? Next, next weekend. Week. Yep. Yep. So, uh, the next one we have here is the TRCDX contest. It runs from October 3rd from 0, 0600 Zulu to uh, October 4th, 1800 Zulu. Bands there are 80 through 10 meters. No work uh, modes are CW and sideband. And what is this? This is the Thracian Thracian Thracian. I don't know Thracian uh, Rose Club. I assume
1: it's Thracian because it sounds Greek. It's probably Thrace. Yeah. So
4: yeah, there you go. Thracian uh, Rose Club was created in the Roses City, uh, Kazanlak, Bulgaria. Uh, it's main goal is to promote uh, contacts within the radio community, Ham, CB, and SWL. Uh, since January 1993, we have the pleasure to see in our contest thousands of amateur radio call signs. Many of them become our friends and members. So there. <laughs> There you go. Another fine cut and paste. Uh, The next one here is the Oceana DX Contest, and this is a phone edition, so this one's always good to kind of work the uh, South Pacific. Uh, This uh, run runs October 3rd from 0600 Zulu to October 4th, 0600 Zulu. And uh, it's 160 through 10, so you got the top band there, and mode, of course, is single sideband. And this historic contest is one of the longest running in the amateur radio calendar, on par with classics such as the RSG, RGSB uh, Commonwealth Contest and the CQ Worldwide. It is an annual competition between radio amateurs to make contacts on the HF bands with stations in Oceania. Aside from uh, VKZL, YB, and KH6 hams, contestants from many of the rare Pacific islands get on the air for this contest, making this an excellent opportunity for DXing. Some intrepid contesters plan trips to islands to coincide with the uh, OCDX because they are known DXers. Uh, we'll be beaming there this way. Help us exploit the legacy of this historic content by spreading the word among the DX and contest communities through your local clubs and most of all, getting on the air during the first two full weekends of October. The more, the merrier. And I, I don't know because I didn't look these up. You actually popped all these in there for me. as there different rules now for COVID? Did they specify that? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So there are.
1: I have links to all the rules. I don't know if there were any changes. I didn't get that
4: far into it. Oh. Yeah. I didn't know if they were canceling some of the multi multis and stuff like that. I'd. Didn't read that, so yeah, check the rules for any COVID-specific restrictions. Obviously, if there were expeditions and no multi-multis, then uh, that that would obviously have kiboshed that. Um, they do uh, say here, uh, yeah, entrants are reminded of the need to observe any COVID nineteen restrictions, social distancing, and travel constraints that may be in place for the contest dates. So take that into consideration if you plan on you know heading out island hopping for some reason. I
3: I don't see anywhere where it says bring your own Ritalin or they will supply it.
4: <laughs> yeah, I don't know if they can get Ritalin anymore. Don't they? Like on a Straterra now? I think is the the big one, right? Or Adderall. <laughs> uh, let's see the state Cusa party challenges for next uh, next uh, next week, and is California. So this is the uh, the big CQP, the California Cusa party. That one's uh, always a pretty uh, pretty popular uh, pretty popular Cusa party. So yeah, check that out. That'll be uh, good fun for uh, a two weeks from now
1: yeah very good and moving on from contests or or, yeah contests right we're gonna go to special events that's what that's what we do here contents then special events contents Uh, contents yeah because i think there was some bad copy in that one too (laughs) (laughs) contents yeah Yeah, Yeah, when
3: when you get older you get in contests yeah, yeah. <laughs> I normally
4: yeah. on on the contest. I normally don't put any notes, <laughs> I just sort of wing the ones where I know the contest up. So. <laughs> yeah, well, it's better than being in contest. Yeah, so,
1: <laughs> in contest. Oh, sorry. It's, anyway,
0: <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So moving on to some special
1: <laughs> event stations. This one we mentioned in the last weekender, but it's still upcoming. So I'm going to mention it again for this coming weekend. Uh, The Amateur Radio Software Award special event is going to be from the 25th of September through the 5th of October, 2200 Zulu through 0500 Zulu Daily. Call sign is Kilo 1 Alpha. Frequencies on are about 7.19 and 14.26. It is phone. The special event station promotes innovative, free, and open source radio software. The 2020 Amateur Radio Software Award recipient Anthony Good in his K3NG Arduino CW Keyer Software Project will be honored during the event. Nominations for the 2021 awards will also be encouraged. The Amateur Radio Software Award is an annual international award for the recognition of software projects and enhance amateur radio. The award aims to promote amateur radio software development, which adheres to the same spirit as amateur radio itself. Innovative, free, and open. Not IRLP. QSL card will be available. So... Cheryl, you want to read one of these?
0: Um, I usually read the other stuff.
1: What other stuff? Oh, the wait. events. The events? Well, you can read these, too, you know.
0: Uh, okay, she I was looking up information on the events, but okay. She whatever. was talking about the stuff that's other. What am I reading?
1: Well, just do the special event, the middle one there. Is that mm-hmm. what, not what you were saying?
0: No, baby. The events. Actual she does event. the open source Oh,
1: events. the open source event. Yeah, and oh. I was
0: actually looking up information on some of these to find out what, oh, okay. well, what the cost stuff I'll, is.
1: Fine, I'll take care of that. So uh, I'll do these two, and then you can do the open source ones. How's mm-hmm.
4: that? <laughs> Good. Yeah like, yeah, like- yeah, like normal. Yeah, like
0: normal, yeah.
1: Yeah, because today's been normal. Okay, <laughs> so the next special event is the Doc Savage special event. Uh, this runs from October second through the third. Fifteen hundred Zulu to twenty-three hundred Zulu daily. The call sign is Whiskey Zero Delta. Frequencies honor about three point nine five, seven point two, and fourteen point two seven. Mode is phone. The purpose of this special event is to honor the accomplishment of Lester Dent, one of the most prolific writers of pulp fiction. Great film, world class adventurer, pilot, creator of the Dent Master Fiction plot formula, and an amateur radio operator. The special event also commemorates the 87th birthday of Doc Savage, the first modern superhero, Lester Dent's creation. A colorful certificate will be provided to those who contact the special event station and send a QSL. So there you go. And finally, we have the third annual Get Your Parks On special event. <laughs> uh, this will be running from October 10th through October 18th, the whole time. 0000, zero, zero, zero Zulu to 2359 Zulu Daily. Call signs will be various because there will be lots of different installations in various parks around the country. Frequencies should be on or about 7.044, 10.124, 14.044, and 14.244. Modes will be CW and single sideband, as evidenced by those frequencies. The event is open to amateur radio operators around the world and is sponsored by the U.S. affiliate of the Worldwide Flora and Fauna. During this international and on-the-air celebration, hams throughout the world can participate in one of two ways. First, hams can be activators who will set up and operate their radio stations in geological and nature centers, be they places like national or state parks, national monuments, protected nature habitats, or national or state forests. Or they can be hunters that will operate from their home stations, search out the activators, and make over-the-air radio contacts. That's sort of how contesting works. Um. Operators from around the world are encouraged to participate, which they already said. Love these copies. Gotta, gotta love cut and paste. Anyway, links to all of these special event stations will be in the show notes. And as far as I could tell from looking at the details on all these, they were all planning on still happening despite current events. So look for those special events on the air. And let's see, coming down from there, we have announcements. And the only thing I put in here was that we have established a club. Have we even mentioned the fact that we established a club? I, I think don't.
0: we vaguely mentioned it once, <clears throat> maybe. Okay, yeah.
1: we, we established a club. <laughs> uh, it's called the Open Source Amateur Radio Club. Uh, after much messing around with the FCC and the VECs, uh, W5YI, that handle doing club stuff we finally got the name right uh got the call sign registered and the call sign for the club is alpha foxtrot zero sierra sierra a foss and um i just wanted to mention that because at some point we will be doing something with this club i'm working on setting up a bunch of digital stuff digital vhf stuff so people can communicate that way we'll have a website there's already a website it's just there's nothing there yet so we won't tell you where that's at but of course you know google has probably already found it scraped it and uh so if you google for it you'll find it and uh you know eventually we hope to have people sign up uh, initially and possibly forever there won't be dues or anything like that it'll just be a club people can join Uh, My hope is that we ultimately do things like uh, on air events, have nets, get togethers, tech days, just general conversations that, you know, involve open source and amateur radio under the call sign. And of course, we may even do special events like have our special event call signs or allow people to operate who are members using the club's call sign for various things we haven't uh we haven't really fleshed any of this out yet but it's it's coming and we just wanted to make sure that people are aware and if anyone has any ideas about how the open source amateur radio club could be used to benefit other hams we would certainly welcome some feedback on it and uh as we learn more things and decide more things we will reveal more things
0: (laughs) <laughs> wow that's deep <laughs>
1: so anyway there you go open source amateur radio club af0ss is a thing
0: yeah google doesn't have anything
1: they don't have anything yet nah, no nope. they won't <laughs> all right so i went in here and i don't know why i have to embellish these but <laughs> <I> just, <laughs> you know i felt typey um, the Linux and Shack ham radio challenge for this fortnight is try working some HF simplex. And that was supposed to be <laughs> VHF simplex.
4: I was <laughs> about to say, like, how many times do
1: you get on a 10 meter repeater? It doesn't, really, <laughs> doesn't okay. really happen very often. So try working some VHF simplex, basically anything six meters and up. Uh, there was a recent contest based on this, which we talked about. And it's always good to try new things or things rarely done just to keep in touch with your skill set.
4: (laughs) CQ. CQ, not the repeater. CQ, not the repeater.
1: (laughs) Yeah, right. Yeah, don't use repeater frequencies. That pisses people off.
4: (laughs) Just use the input. (laughs)
1: Uh, no, don't do that. <laughs> so Anyway, right? you want to have fun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Especially
4: if it's close to the simplex area. right? You know, like, oh, sorry. Bad, bad, <laughs> bad form. Bad form. Bad
1: form, yeah. Bad form. <laughs> bad form
2: Peter. <laughs> uh, yeah, don't look uh, uh, Yeah, that was uh, hard to <laughs> So has anybody seen Hook? I love Hook.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. I'm like, yeah, duh. <laughs> so everybody's okay. seen it, right? Surely. <clears throat> uh, All right. Anyway, it, so it one of
3: my favorite films.
1: Hook was one of your favorite films.
3: Shoot, yeah, I saw it with my some kids I was raising one time. It was fantastic.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I found some kids on the street corner. Took them into the theater. <laughs> yeah.
3: No, uh, I, had girl, I had a girlfriend. She had had me uh, keep them occupied while she was off doing stuff she shouldn't been doing.
0: There you go. Uh, Great.
1: All right. Well, we have a little bit of a preview in this distro to try for this week because we are probably going to extend this little um, reveal into something more extensive for the next episode. So we'll let Bill handle this one because, you know, he, he likes to try all this weird stuff.
4: Yeah. This is a Fury BSD. And what is Fury? While in Greek mythology, Fury could represent a spirit of punishment. Uh, To this project, we would like to think it is more likely represents a culmination of efforts from the uh, community coming together quickly, furiously. How is Fury different? Let's start with a few goals provide a real read, sorry, provide, God, I can't even read tonight. (laughs) Provide a read write file system to allow uh, trying drivers to verify hardware work, wow, works without, Th- this is to the it copy it. straight from the website. Oh websites. my God. So anyways, this is another <laughs> BSD operating system. It comes with either, uh, XFCE or, <laughs> or, um, KDE as a, uh, as kind of like a spin. Uh, it's supposed to help simplify, uh, installing free BSD and uh looking forward to trying this one out i have uh spun up the uh the live disc so uh that works and uh we're probably going to take a look at it in the next episode maybe as a uh, see if we can get this thing uh ham radio ready and kind of a uh, put it up against a uh, ghost BSD that I found to be quite easy to actually get running. So, uh, so yeah, I'll uh, give this other BSD, uh, BSD distribution a try. This is fury BSD and uh, they just released uh, the, their quarter three release back on uh, the seventh. So uh, something new and uh, we'll, yeah, we'll take a look at it next week. All right. Very well, good.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yes. Very, very soon. It'll now. be Next week. Yeah. yeah it'll yeah, be, next it, week, it'll yeah. be next week. Yeah. But soon, still.
0: Well, I love how Bill glossed over the 47 paragraphs I read to, like, three Well, sentences. he
1: probably figured the copy was going to be just as bad, which I assume it is. I, you know. yeah. so, I just wasn't going to read any more of it. Yeah. Fair enough, fair enough. I think we wasted enough time. So, anyway, uh, now we have actually come down to the open source event calendar. And this is the thing that Cheryl normally does. And since everybody can't take any kind of change... Uh, we'll let Cheryl go ahead and read these.
0: I was looking up information regarding these. <laughs> yeah, that's
1: fine. I was busy. Okay.
0: Okay. So our first event is the Open Networking and Edge Summit North America. It is September twenty eighth through thirtieth, twenty twenty. Of course, it is online, and the cost of that is fifty dollars. It is the uh, the the what on it is the Open Networking and Edge Summit, formerly Open Networking Summit is the industry's premier open networking event now expanded to comprehensively cover edge computing, edge cloud, and IoT. Open Networking Edge Summit, ONES, enables collaborative development and innovation across enterprises, server providers, telcos, and cloud providers to shape the future of networking and edge computing. And the information for that uh, can be found in the show notes and came from Linux Foundation. The next one is the Open Quality Conference, It is October 5th, 2020. It is, of course, online. The cost is free to $149. And I was looking up what exactly your free got you. That is the Hacktoberfest only. If you want conference access, it starts at $49 and goes up to, I believe, $100. Um, The Open Quality Conference is for all practitioners who want to expand or learn about some of the best practices specific for each open-source tool within your company or individual projects. You'll learn about open-source projects within all quality testing, performance security, observability, accessibility, site reliability, performance, etc. While we value our community's broad experiences and perspectives, this is an indiscriminate, open-minded, respectful conference for all to collaborate, network, feel safe, and thrive. And more info for that is in the show notes. And the last one is all things open and it is October 19th and 20th, 2020 it's online and the cost is free to $129. The conference itself is free. The conference swag is what comes with the cost and there's, um, shirts and all kinds of stuff. So, so everybody can, can attend the conference, but if you want t-shirts or whatever, you got to pay for them. Um, and the, uh, blurb on this is three beliefs are at the core of what we do and have done since 2012. One, technology will continue to increase importance and influence as we move forward. Two, open source is at the core of innovation and remains a gateway to participation and opportunity. Three, live events and in-person communication and dialogue will continue to increase in importance and never have, have never been more vital. Our focus on access, diversity and inclusion and a commitment to helping others have remained steadfast. We strongly believe you can do business differently and still be successful, which is why we worked hard to earn a certified B Corp certification in 2018. And more info, of course, is in the show notes.
1: All right. Very good. I I, I love how these are all talking about diversity and inclusion now, now that well, we have we- uh, considerable race issues here in the United States. So I guess they're acknowledging it, but it's kind of feels like a jump on the bandwagon thing at this point. All right. But anyway, there's still free open source conferences that are being held virtually. So there you go. Check those out if you so desire, and maybe they'll even help you in your job. Who knows? Uh, for an open source challenge this fortnight, we had check out avenues of sport, even for enterprise applications like IRC, bulletin boards, mailing lists, groups, telegram, and others you may find it quicker and more effective than standard or paid approaches. Um, I've had lots of support recently through mailing lists and groups.io, which has been very beneficial to me in, in all aspects, both personal and business. And, uh, some of them are even more effective than using your general paid support channels. So, you know, maybe give those a shot. And, uh, lots of, there's like, uh, you know, it's probably an IRC channel on free node for everything. <laughs> so, uh, I know if you need like Cisco support or Dell support or blah, 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 there's, there's people who do things sort of out of band. And uh, they tend to be employees of the company or uh, have in-depth knowledge of these things and have set up support channels on FreeNode and other IRC channels and, and through other applications, uh, social networking type sites uh, for helping people out for doing community support. And they can be very quick and very efficient. So there you go. There's my challenge. Just give it a shot if you need it. And now we come down to hedonism, where we dive into wine, women, and song, and men too, I guess. I mean, we shouldn't leave men out, right? (laughs) What about beer? What about beer? Well, you said wine. Well, okay, yeah, wine, booze. Beer. Okay, so we have to be all-inclusive, and then we're, we're just going to be listing things for the next hour. Right. Boobies.
4: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, right. I'm sorry. I was thinking of
1: what uh, what Richard was talking about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rich, Richard hasn't said a word. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> anyway, so we usually start off. <laughs>
3: telling you she got one eye, a beard, and a mustache. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay. Is this the girl at Quick Trip that you were talking about a while ago or? Yeah, that's
3: the
0: one. Oh, okay, just checking. Russ missed that. So uh, uh,
1: yes, yes, that. <laughs> I missed that. That must have been when I was out fixing drinks for yes. everyone yeah <laughs> All right. Anyway, speaking of fixing drink, let's talk about food, because food goes good with drinks. And Cheryl's going to tell us about her recipe corner for this week.
0: Yes. This week is Amish apple fritter bread, and follows upon us now. We are officially there. So, and for me, my favorite fall breakfast type thing is a cup of coffee and a piece of warm quick bread or a muffin. Um. And usually banana bread is the winner in this house. But Russ has apparently recently discovered that apple bread is pretty daggum good. So, um, my, my recipe this week, of course, is for apple bread and it uses brown sugar, cinnamon, unsalted butter, um, regular sugar. Unsalted
1: butter. What the hell is yeah, unsalted butter? I've never seen such a thing.
0: Oh, it exists. Trust me. <laughs> uh, then why do you put salt in? You don't. You can leave the salt out. And use salted what? butter. Okay, Russ,
3: I, salt. Russ, salt is a flavor enhancer. That's his basic uh, use in most recipes.
1: Yes, I, <laughs> I appreciate that, but <laughs> I, and I understand how food works. But the they they are using unsalted butter and, and salt.
0: Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, it's to reduce I,
4: the total amount of salt. That's what.
0: It that, means. That's
3: because go. they don't want your blood pressure to go up while you're eating the lovely, lovely. Uh,
0: Whatever it is. Uh, apple bread. Amish yep.
1: apple bread, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, so we were at unsalted butter. Go yeah,
0: unsalted butter, white sugar, eggs, vanilla extract, all-purpose flour, baking powder, salt, milk, diced apples, uh, which are mixed with a little bit of cinnamon and sugar to coat them. And then, of course, you drizzle a nice, lovely glaze on this, which is made of powdered sugar, butter, milk, and vanilla. So, So is that love- salted
1: butter or unsalted butter? For the for the glaze,
0: for the, probably unsalted. Doesn't say that. It doesn't say that. No, it does not say that. I know I'm so. being a dick. Anyway, you're go for being it. a dick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: so yeah, I love, it's, I love powdered sugar, uh, butter, and milk and vanilla extract. So oh, yeah, it's a winner for me. I can leave the rest of it out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, I do cake decorating, and I yeah, Russ is a big fan of my buttercream. So
3: I am. So. <laughs>
0: Usually like, can I get into this buttercream in this bowl? No, that's for tomorrow's cake. <laughs> so.
3: Remind me, remind me to tell you about orgasma cookies in a little while.
0: righty then. So. So yeah, if you want the, uh, the rest of the recipe, you'll just have to check out the show notes. So. Yep. You you got the ingredients now you got to, <laughs> to figure out how to make it. You have to figure out to put it all. Together. Yeah. <laughs> Just throw Sorry.
4: everything in the oven and turn it on. There you go <laughs> on broil <Yeah. laughs> in about three hours. <laughs> Call the fire department yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah, and so and I decided to have a mixed drink corner too. So and tonight's mixed drink is the banana cookie. That's what we've named it. And it's equal parts banana rum, Sprite, and pineapple juice.
1: Uh, no, no, it's now, not, not do? actually equal parts. What'd you do? It's about, um, to me, it tastes best the way I just made it. So it's about two, two, and one. It's two parts rum, banana rum, two parts pineapple juice, and one part Sprite. You don't need a whole lot of Sprite. The Sprite just sort of gives it a little tangy fizz, you know, to it. And if you put too much Sprite in, it takes the cookie part out. Okay. It makes it taste just banana. And you really want that cookie part because that sort of gives it the, that little extra thing that makes it so good. So there you go. All right. Okay. So I'm going to do something a little different for my drink corner tonight. Uh, we're still in, we're still in bottom shelf land. (laughs) Um, but this is a bottom shelf whiskey called mellow corn just to, (laughs) show you how bottom shelf this stuff is. Um, If you've ever seen this on the shelf, you will not forget it because it comes in a bright, bright yellow label bottle. Um, It looks made up, (laughs) Um, but it's a surprisingly good whiskey. It's not a bourbon, although I think technically it meets the requirement for bourbon, but they don't call it a bourbon. They call it a straight corn whiskey. And this is made by Heaven Hill. It's been produced since 1945 in accordance with a unique set of regulations that define straight corn whiskey. It is distilled from a mash of at least 80% corn and aged for four years in once-used bourbon barrels. It's probably, it's probably the aging in bourbon barrels that makes it not a bourbon, because I think bourbon has to be aged in new oak. Um, but the mash bill... If this, if this mash bill was aged in new oak, you could call it a bourbon. But since it's aged in ex-bourbon casks, you have to call it corn okay, whiskey. Right. Um, compared to the deep amber color created by the newly charred oak barrels in the production of other bourbons and American whiskeys, the result of the used barrel is a lighter straw-colored spirit. Heaven Hill Distillery is one of the few remaining producers of this unique whiskey. Yes, it's very light.
0: I wouldn't consider that terribly light. It's it's light if you yeah, Okay. Yeah. Whatever.
1: for being in a barrel for four years, it's very yeah, light. Yeah, it's light. Okay. <laughs> um it's almost as yellow as the label. And um but it is bottled in bond, which is nice because that means it's a hundred proof. It's a bottom shelf. Uh you can buy it for about fourteen or fifteen dollars a fifth and the mash bill on it is ninety percent corn, ten percent malted barley. It comes from Heaven Hill, which is in Bardstown, Kentucky. It is a light gold or a pale straw color. We'll use their description for the color. The nose on it is interesting. One, I think if anybody's paying attention to these reviews, which I hope they are, <laughs> whenever we talk about um, bourbon and whiskey, a lot of them are primarily corn. They're like 51% or more corn. If it's a rye, it's not so much corn, but a lot of these are based on corn. But one of the things you may have noticed is that regardless of the type of whiskey, whether it's scotch or bourbon or American whiskey or whatever, one of the notes that you don't get, even though all of these things are made primarily from corn is corn. You don't, (laughs) you don't generally taste corn, even though that's what this stuff is made of. This is the opposite. This is all corn. (laughs) Um, which is probably why they call it mellow corn. Um, because yeah, on the, on the nose and the taste and even in the finish, its primary characteristic is corn. It's like, like you're corn on the cob corn. Yeah. Or? Like corn on the cob corn. Like you're mm-hmm. drinking corn on the cup. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you also get a fair amount of dried tropical fruit like plantain or dried banana. You get vanilla and of course you get some oak influence from the casks. That's aged in, and on the taste, you also get a little bit of a light nuttiness, maybe even um like a walnut or an almond kind of thing, not the hard cherry almond of a like an amaretto or anything like that, but but a true sort of woody nutty thing, but it really tastes like corn, which is kind of interesting because most whiskies don't taste like corn, even though that's what they're made from. This is good enough to drink alone you could use it in a mixer although i think the fact that it's got that sort of strong corn taste might make you think your drink is a little weird (laughs) because you're you're expecting more a grain a general grainy quality than actual corn so it might make your you know rum or your uh, whiskey and coke taste a little bizarre (laughs) um but I'm drinking it straight, and I'm enjoying it straight. And for a $15 bottle of bottom shelf whiskey, I mean, I give it an easy 85. Wow. And uh, just just because of the fact that it's got that corn flavor, that that sort of vanilla corn like bread and butter corn cob sweetness. Yeah, I'm I'm enjoying it a lot. So, and it's uh, got a pretty good kick at 100 proof. So you can you can't go wrong. And this stuff is available everywhere. So if you want to try something a little different. Try Heaven Hill's Mellow Corn Straight Kentucky Corn Whiskey. Mm. <laughs> corn, corn. Yeah, I don't know if I want my <laughs> drink. <laughs> I don't know if I <laughs> want
4: my drink to taste nutty.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I am corn whiskey, <laughs> <laughs> He
4: said nut.
3: <laughs>
4: anyway, uh, Bill, you got something you want to talk about down there? Uh, no, I'm drinking, drinking some, uh, Diplomatico. So uh, ooh, he's on the ooh. rum train. Yeah. Yeah. So enjoying a nice little dessert rum here and, uh, it's, it's mighty fine. So, um, go back and listen to that review whenever that was, and, uh, you will enjoy it as well. All right, Richard, what are you drinking water?
3: <laughs> I'll have, you know, that I have some premium, premium quality. ice the sweet iced tea sitting here in my cup because of the one-eyed woman with the beard and the mustache. <laughs> and the about it is, though, you guys, well, let's, uh, number one, my family, a branch of my family is from Arkansas. And uh, my great-great-grandfather made uh, his primary living by uh, uh, the distillation process. So um, in my case, if it doesn't, won't make you go blind, uh, you can't strip paint with it, and uh, uh, it doesn't come in a milk jug. Then uh, that's not good old white line.
1: <laughs> Did you live on Copperhead Road?
2: <laughs> no,
3: no, I'm from Texas, but uh, I have gone to visit <laughs> my relatives from time to time. And um, yeah, if they'd a busted coming across the state line, I'd have been in all kind of trouble.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, there's a little insight into Richard. <laughs> uh so do you have anything else you want to add before you wind before we wind this thing up because this is kind of where we usually do the wind up thing after we talk about who was in the chat
0: room
3: well let me see there's all kinds of stuff there's the, the the bearded lady at the key there's uh that gal i can't find around here anywhere um if i don't find her by next week y'all gonna hear about it and uh see <laughs> what else What else? oh yeah Hey guys, guess what? Uh, Resonant Frequency, the amateur radio podcast is back on the internet. We're currently posting the, uh, older, uh, Resonant Frequency shows over at the website. URL is still the same, uh, rfpodcast.info. Um, and check out the Richard's radio adventures, but I will tell you this, do not for any reason at all. Go over there and listen to the ones that say alcohol fueled on the end of them because you really, your head will explode. Um, it'll make a bunch of people mad and all kinds of stuff. And you, whatever you do, do not go over there and listen to those particular episodes. Listen to the rest of them. Uh, we're putting some videos up on YouTube now. Uh, we're trying to get some fresh ones up there. The ones I looked at were from 2009 that were still there. Some of them had disappeared. Uh, let's see. Resident Frequency also has, I found a, a Facebook group that I had that uh, I had forgotten about. And we're starting to post some stuff over there and and that kind of stuff. However, if you want to get a hold of me, you can get a hold of me at the same old locations. Um uh, and I'm sure they're listed somewhere out there on internet. Just type in KB5JBV because I'm a big mouth, and I cause people problems, and I make people angry, and all that good stuff, and it just tickles the laugh out of me. So y'all come see us, and now I've done my shameless self-promotion. I've done my commercial on Linux and the Ham Shack, and Russell cut out in post-production. Thank you very much. <laughs> y'all have a nice day. <laughs>
1: No, I'll just put the words in weird order so people have no idea what you were saying.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, then let's do it this way. There you go.
1: (laughs) I I think that's good enough to end on. So we want to mention the folks (laughs) who are in the chat room tonight, we had Don, KC9ZMY, Tom, N4HAI, Ted, W-A-Zero-E-I-R, Gene, B-X-8-A-A-D, and of course the illustrious and uh, eternal... Richard kb 5 jbv So thanks, Richard, for being here. Good to good to hear from you again.
3: Oh well, this may not be the last time. It kind of depends on the kindness of of uh, uh, the folks that have done such a wonderful job without me.
1: Aww. <laughs> That that sounded like a slam, kind of. <laughs> that,
3: that was kind of sucky, wasn't it? I was, I was, I was, shoot, I was shooting for sincere, but I to have missed the mark.
1: <laughs> no, no, uh, it's uh, it's been a long time. Episode one hundred. I don't remember when episode one hundred was, but it Years was a long, long time ago.
0: Two hundred yeah. or two hundred sixty nine episodes ago.
3: That's, yeah but see y'all told me they were gonna be strippers that's the only reason i showed up with it
0: <laughs> oh yeah i forgot to mention Russ yeah and you told us you were bringing them
3: oh
1: <laughs>
3: Damn. <That's a> shame. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh anyway let's get on out of here richard we'll leave uh a little space for you to do one of your things if you want to do one of your things <laughs> And uh, with that, we'll go ahead and wrap this one up. This has been The Weekender. Don't even know which episode of The Weekender this is. I think it's like 56 or something like that. I don't know. Anyway, uh, if that's wrong, oh well. Uh, This has been episode 369
4: of Linux in the Hamshack. I'm Russ, K5TUX. I'm Cheryl, W5MOO. And I'm Bill N E4RD73.
3: Yeah, and I'm going to have to find that book and get some strippers in here because I'm, I'm, I don't know. Maybe we'll get the one-eyed woman with the beard.